Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Welcome to By the Mash Town, a podcast by a couple of nerds, where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about some beer. I'm Mike Harrison-Wood, and unlike normal, there's no Cal Noble here. Oh no. Instead, hello. Hello. It's you again. It's me, it's Dave. Yes. Uh, yes. Would you like to introduce yourself? And uh, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm Dave Ashmore and uh, Novice Brewer. Novice Brewer. Novice Brewer. Yes. The, yeah. All those episodes ago where we did the Back to Basics. That's right, yeah. Yes. You've now been brewing a bit longer. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been brewing for uh, seven months, seven or eight months, yeah. Mm, and yeah. you've been doing some fantastic beers. Oh, it's so very nice yeah. of you to say so. And a very good setup as well in your garage. Yeah, yeah, it's the, all the gear and uh, no idea. Yeah, <laughs> It's a good slogan. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's me. and, and uh, today we are delving into a topic which a lot of home brewers get into uh, very thoroughly, whereas mm. me and Cal seem to have avoided up until now, uh, which is doing clone beers, mm. aka following very strictly recipes that try to recreate famous beers as closely as possible. Yeah, I, I, I've, I don't know why you, you didn't get into that like early on. It's you've gone straight <laughs> to the like super difficult, uh, yeah. just making stuff up as you go along. Well, um, in, in some regards, it's easier. I suppose so. Yeah. Suppose, yeah. But, and uh, today we are brewing the very classic, brilliant cornerstone of the north. <laughs> <laughs> cornerstone of the north. Uh, Timothy Taylor's mm. landlord, the clone. The clone, indeed. Yeah. Yes, this this is uh, an upgraded recipe by the Malt Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had the Boy Taylor for many years now, I think, and uh, I think recently they just decided, you know what, let's just put the best in this. Let's get everything as close as possible. Price be damned, it's, it's still not that expensive. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, so that that's what we're going for. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what What are your opinions on? trying to copy recipes though um i th- yeah i think i think it's a pretty good idea especially if, if you're starting out i've um i've done i've done quite a few um and i think if you if you start with you know a, a clone or a recipe where you've got an end product that you know you're aiming for like then you can you can measure yourself against that so you know i'm trying to brew this beer and what I've brewed tastes kind of like it. Mm. So you give yourself a pat on the back and you know that you've, <laughs> you've done all right. But I don't know. I've, I've tried a few recipes where I haven't, got, uh, you know, where I've just made up, um, made up the, 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 the ingredient list. And um, it, it's turned out all right. It's turned out drinkable, but I don't know if that was what it should have tasted like if, if, or if I'd done something wrong or, mm. you know, so I, I'm guessing from um from a beginner's point of view it's it's pretty ideal because you can you can tell where you've been you've been succeeding mm, and and where any mistakes you have made mm. uh how that mistake has translated to a change in flavor in some regards yeah yeah because so, if you do certain things wrong they're gonna they're gonna pretty pretty easy to identify even for a beginner mm. i guess 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, it is one of the disadvantages with doing your own recipes as well, uh, especially starting out with just doing your own recipes is throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks type. <laughs> it, 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 it's very good at teaching yourself to iterate quickly, yeah. but not very good at certain consistency issues because you're always changing and you're always trying new things. Um, yeah, I've, I've yet to actually dare to try doing a second brew of the same recipe. I've, <laughs> I've done slight changes in hops and, you know, I've done a couple of very similar brews, but n- yeah, I've not dared because I know what the answer will be is that I'll, I'll have two beers that can mm. taste completely dissimilar. Yeah, you'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> you'll find that one that you want to do yeah. again. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. So what other clone beers have you done then? Um, so I've done a whole bunch now i've done um the tour sides fire damage which was a sort of smoked Mm. smoked uh smoked stout uh i've done a clone of west berkshire's hexter's healer um which is which has just uh come on tap now for me uh which is it's turned out pretty okay although it's difficult because <laughs> it, there is no there's no there's no bottles out there to to try at the moment because it's it's out of production unfortunately yes yeah west parks are shifting that to yeah constantly on to i think only occasionally being on and it just so happens at this time of year yeah it's not around um and the first sort of two or three brews that i did uh were clones as well um but they turned out fairly dreadful. Uh, well, not no, actually, I, I'm a bit harsh on myself. I say they turned out fairly dreadful. Now that I've opened a few, the last sort of few bottles that are left and they've sat for sort of six or eight months, they really haven't weathered well. When I first drank them, you know, when they were two or three weeks old, they were tasting pretty okay. And I was, mm. I was pleased because I was expecting to have produced some pretty undrinkable swill oh, uh but the fa- the very fact that i was able to drink it and hold it down um i i, I thought you know what you've 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 done all right here you've made beer it's official yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you're now claw yourself a brewer um but now i i yeah i think i'll probably revisit those those recipes again just to see if if what what has come out has really been what um if it was the recipe or if it was me because i you know i think yeah, yeah. some of these recipes they they're pretty they're pretty close to what um what it's supposed to be so for instance i've done a, a clone of um sirencraft's um undercurrent mm, and that was lovely that bit. was yeah and i did a like like testing and it was pretty damn close. Uh, but mm. this was a clone that had been put up on some forum by some dude. Um, and it was the one that seemed to be the, the most likely of all the hundreds of clones that were out there of it. Um, and I was I was pretty chuffed with that. But, um, yeah, it, it, there was others um, others that I've tried that I think I'll, I'll revisit because I think they, the, the, I think the recipe would work if you were in the brewery with the brewer's kit and all yeah. of that, all of those variables, but brewing in my garage in a ice box and, <laughs> and wonderful uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and all of my weird uh, sort of shonky kit that I've cobbled together. I don't think it lends itself to some of those, some of those beers. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it is a, a weird phenomenon in, in brewing home brewing and uh, large scale brewing is that there's always, 
that little flavor that is added or taken away by the processes involved mm. and the kit used like th- yeah. there's there's no way to avoid that two recipes that are exactly the same brewed on two different kits by two different people are probably going to taste different mm. yeah yeah exactly so just just one of those things yeah yeah so i think for for me a clone is is a pretty uh, it's a pretty good starting place i think you've you you you're relatively likely to come out with a beer that's drinkable mm. uh, if you if you're starting out, but um, and the the great great starting places for recipes because a, a lot of the stuff that I've tried to go out on my own and do, they've sort of used the the base recipe um, and then evolved from there. So I've got like a, a Hefweizen Hefweizen mm. um, that I've like sh- sort of shamelessly stolen the base recipe from Wild Weather. Um, and, and then done your own and then tweets. done my own done my own sort of um, amendments. Yes, and yeah, a really good a really good way of yeah springboarding into mm. writing your own recipe is instead of starting from scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. standing on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's 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 lots to do in in cloning beers, and um, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward mm. to it. Yeah. Uh, I am particularly fond of the beer as well. It's, yeah. Like it's, I know that it's not sort of a fantastic beer, Timothy Taylor's Landlord. That is like it's 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 not sort of gonna set the world on fire, but it's it's decent. And there are some pubs that you'll go into and see that on cask specifically, and get, you, you think to yourself, yeah, it's gonna be all yeah. right. I was I was going to say exactly that that some put you you go into some old older sort of traditional pubs you see Timmy Taylor's like landlord bolt maker new sort mm. I know what I'm having <laughs> um, I mean unfortunately a lot of those pubs it's Timothy Taylor's or and then Doom Bar um, yeah and they they're your choices but you know what it's it I think it's it's one that I think it's an absolutely solid beer and if you've even if you've got a good good worth, like having because it's it's a good sort of sensible strength beer, like in a world now where everything's like nineteen percent, mm. um, and you're gonna get pretty pretty destroyed after two or three pints. Yeah. Whereas a, a pint of cask, Timothy yeah, Taylor's, yeah. yeah, you 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 can sort of drink that all all day long. Yeah. And then fall down. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there are uh, plenty of clone recipes on the maltmiller.co.uk as yeah, well uh, yeah. you, you got yours from there yeah uh, i believe that was that part of the collaboration with andy parker yeah the camera uh, uh guide is guide to brewing or something the little homebrewing well, yeah something like that it? it's it, yeah i should like, probably have looked up what it's actually called it's a genius little book um yeah. and it's stood me in good stead just because even the the recipes are obviously something that i flick through quite a lot but um the stuff when i was first starting out was really handy as well all of the um mm. all of the the guides to uh mashing in and i i keep revisiting it so i was like i was i was stressing about efficiencies and not getting the the original gravities that i was supposed to and i, was, uh, and I went back and had a look at sparging and sort of changed my techniques slightly mm. and uh, yeah i'm doing better now so no it's a it's a it's a it's a decent book yeah definitely a, a good book to start fulfills this week's quota of six degrees of andy parker Hooray! Yay! (laughs) Uh, Apparently, my wife saw him in the allotment um, this week as well. Okay, so he's a gardener. There's another degree of Andy Parker. (laughs) Nice. Should we should we talk about the recipe? Yeah, let's please do. All right. So uh, there's 
actually quite a simple recipe here. The base malt is something called Golden Promise, mm. which is something I've not really brewed with no, at all. No, me neither. Ever. Uh, looking into it a little bit, it seems like it is uh, very prevalent up in Scotland, especially, but mm-hmm. also north of England, which makes sense. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, that's Timmy where is, yeah. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, I believe you were saying something about it being a short straw variety. Yeah. So uh, I was I was looking up on on the, that there internet, and it said yeah the the benefit of of it is because it's a short straw, so I it doesn't grow very tall. Um, it's literally in, short. It's just literally it's the short straw. Um, then. In the uh, harsh Scottish um, weather, which is often quite breezy, mm. it's less likely to get blown over um, and the straw to collapse. So that's it's a, a much better, much better um, crop for for the for the Scots. Yeah, yeah. I, I presume there's certain uh, lack of efficiency when it comes to that type of thing. But then that type of things the same with Marisota as well. Like they're they're not renowned for being the most efficient yield. Yeah, re- reputedly the the figure that I read earlier was um, twenty to thirty percent. Um, you you get an increase of twenty to thirty percent yield by switching to a more modern grain. Uh, if you're a farmer, which yeah. is no, you know, obviously understandable when uh, when you're a farmer, costs an issue. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, it's probably it'll get it'll end up with it being like a niche product and then being able to charge like stupid money for it, mm. which is because there's a lot of home brewers out there that that brew in Marisota, I know for, for a start yeah, globally yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. not just in the UK. But then if uh, Golden Promise is the one as well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because oh yeah, that was another thing I was reading. It was it's uh, used heavily, heavily in the whiskey world mm. as well, and it's Scottish whiskey, uh, I should say, without any whiskey. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so, and another that that story that I was saying to you about the um, Macallan Distillery that mm. um, they they use exclusively Golden Promise, and um, by some sort of weird accident, they ended up with a fifty fifty delivery of Golden Promise and another malt. They didn't notice when it went into the the malt store, and they started producing off it, and then. Um, the, what was coming out at the end of the line was clearly not what they were they were expecting. They thought that there was something wrong in the brewing process, or so tore their distillery to pieces trying to find the fault until they traced it right the way back to the start of the process. Um, and it was because they they used nice fifty percent less of that flavour. It's amazing because nice. yeah, you wouldn't the, the, think it makes that, a big deal. Yeah. You wouldn't think that with whiskey because of the way the process works that that that, mm. that flavour would transfer so much, but Shocker. Apparently it does. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if anyone's going to know, the whiskey tasters, they normally know their chops pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, that's only one thing. We do have some here. Mm. Rattle, rattle, rattle. Here's my little pot of, <laughs> well, my little ramekin of malt. Uh, so, mm. yeah, dig in, dig in. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Straight away, nice and sweet. And yep. Mm, nice, bready. Yeah, I mean, you could legitimately like make biscuits out of that. It's <laughs> it's it's awesome. It's yeah. such a good flavour. It's got a lot of sweetness. It's yeah. I mean, a little bit of light toasting as well, but not like. Hmm. Yeah. It's got a it's sort of. I can't put my finger. On it. It's got like a slightly savoury 
umami weirdness at the back of the mouth there for me. Mm. I, mean, I don't know that. I've not. You don't seem to get as well, much. Uh, I know some people do say that you get uh, quite a large amount of mouthfeel. Mm. Well, not a large amount, but more mouthfeel from um, Golden Promise than you do from most other pale-based malts. So mm. maybe you are getting like a, a big chunky that, yeah. mouth yeah. Um, flavour. Chunky uh, mouth flavour? Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a 70s funk band, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just trying some um, Marisotta. Although this isn't a fair test. We have got some Marisotta out, but it's a bit older. It is, yeah, and it's crushed And it's as crushed. Well. The Golden Promise here is uncrushed. Keeping it nice and fresh. And, yeah, it's not... It's roughly the same, but less intense. Um, it's hard to pick up the nuances because it's not got that freshness. It's a lot... I th- I'd say the the Golden Promise has got a lot more sweetness to it, but it's not It's not sugar sweetness, it's sort of... The caramel? Yeah, yeah, caramel sort of... Creeping in. Yeah, um... Yeah, it's it's sweetness. It's really hard to explain. It's sweetness that doesn't taste like sugar. It's like <laughs> natural sweetness, multi sweet, multi sweet. Whereas, mm, like where, malt loaf. Yeah, I guess so. Whereas the the well, I, we've got a really bad example of of the Marisotta because it doesn't have as much of what it should. Oh well, um, which is a shame. Oh well. Uh, not only is there though, uh, a, a huge amount of um, golden promise. That is the the base malt. Mm. Uh, there is also a small amount of crisp pale wheat malt, mm-hmm. which I assume is for sort of uh, proteiny head retention reasons. Mm. Um, it's such a small amount; it's, it's unlikely to be flavour. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a, a very small amount of crisp black malt, just to just to give it a, a hint of amber creeping in. Really um, interesting, because you you don't need a lot of no, that to no, make I, I w- the I'm, beer look different. Yeah, black malt. That's... Yeah. Bold. Then you got some hops, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, some very nice uh, English hops. You've got East Kent Goldings. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. Yeah. And uh, Salea or Styrian Goldings. Okay. Which is yeah, yeah, very nice. Again, this is not a beer that's renowned for being super hoppy. No, it's more of a malty. Yeah. Sort of beer, so, um, a lot of well, more than half of the hops are going in at the start. Okay, for yeah, for yeah, uh, yeah. a bit of that IBU, because mm-hmm. it is it is quite a refreshing beer. Mm-hmm. It's not sort of one of those super heavy. It's not big caramel malt. Sit with you for ages. No. Beers. It is just just a, just enough to be crisp and refreshing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the interesting part is not the hops, but the yeast. Um, because mm. I I also only found out recently that uh, why yeasts West Yorkshire yeast hmm. uh, which I know some people have been using for years now uh, is actually taken from uh, Timothy Taylor's brewery awesome so yeah it's it's going to be as authentic as it can be yeah it's pretty rare isn't it Cause yeah breweries they're, they're not keen on sharing their yeast no no so, I, I don't know how much they had involved in it's just, giving it over. Is it just why you snuck in in the middle of the night <laughs> <laughs> just taking swabs yeah <laughs> so yeah it'll be their in-house yeast apparently which is nice yeah um i've treated the water to uh make it just basically as close to very very incredibly soft yorkshire water you've keithleyized it yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
um, obviously you'll if you are going for a Timothy Taylor's clone yourself you'll have to adjust your own water to make that for me it's mostly taking out the calcium carbonate but mm-hmm. you've all heard about that again and again and again so I won't bang on about it <laughs> uh, the one weird process that I will be doing uh, post fermentation mm-hmm. is casking it Ah, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Because one of the things that I really love about Timothy Taylor's Landlord is it being in cask. And it's I, one of those beers that kind of deserves it, isn't it? It's, yeah. You can't. It'd be weird it coming out of a keg or a can, or it just doesn't I, seem right. I can see it being nice. Yeah. But it's not the same. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it, it's, it's one of those that just just needs to be in a cask yeah so the one of the benefits of working at a brewery or if you drink beer at a brewery often you might be able to ask them nicely mm. um you can get a size of cask called a pin mm-hmm. F- fairly rare half firkin yeah and so yeah it's the weird brewers weird words ag- yeah again um so you've got uh, yeah pin is is very small yeah that's four and a half gallons yeah because that's half of a firkin, which is nine gallons. Yeah. And then you've got a kilderkin, which is twice the, that, the, 18 the gallons. big one that you can't lift on your own, really. Yeah. 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 Unless um, you mic. And then it goes it goes up and up and up. There's, <laughs> there's um, was it a hogshead and a ton and a, yeah, they, they, a barrel? Yeah, they all start to get towards what, what feels like to me the uh, the sort of celebrity barrels that are just there for show. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's the, gi- the, gi- the giant champagne bottles for Formula One. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got like, you know... I mean, I'd I'd love to see that Formula One, like a couple of <laughs> smashing a <laughs> pin over yeah, someone's head. Exactly. Just imagine that sharing Wait. each other in a pin of, of landlords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I Why mean, not? They, they can be pretty lively when you tap into them. Yeah, yeah. There is that. Yeah, but yeah. I, so I thought I'd take this opportunity to get into a bit of the cast conditioning, which I know some people are super keen on. Some mm-hmm. people can't or won't do and that's understandable as well it is it is a weird traditional style that suits pubs very well doesn't suit homebrewers very well yeah i've i've, I've not dared do yeah it. yeah there are serious disadvantages in the the the, the main one being the longevity of the beer mm-hmm. um because once you breach that you've only really got about a week to drink it and mm. so if it's a pin, if it's only four and a half gallons or, you know, about 20 litres, um, it's maybe manageable. This is mainly because the oxygen getting into yeah. the cask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, the, the beer's going to start going, not only is it going to lose its life, all the carbonation's going to evaporate um, mm. and uh, the hop flavour and certain malt flavours are going to get very tired very quickly, but also that oxygen is going to creep in. Um, you're also going to start getting a build-up of acetic acid as well. That's sort of mm. what you might know as vinegar. Hooray. Yeah. Science. Uh, hooray. It, that's unavoidable. Um, yeah. If you've got it, if you've got oxygen going in, you're going to end up eventually with the acetic acid being the prominent flavor, which you might know as, yeah, the, if you've had a really sour pint of beer from a car, uh, the bottom of a barrel mm. in a bad pub, then you'll know that sort of malt vinegar flavour. I I have heard of um, sort of um, Heath Robinson ways of, of trying to get around the oxygen. So Ooh. when you 
when you breach um, with a spile, yeah. you very quickly replace a spile with one that you've drilled through and you attach a balloon. If you've got access to CO2, <laughs> you attach a balloon full of CO2 and then hammer that home. Yeah. So, for example, if you've got, like, like Mike and myself have got CO2 because we've got a draft system, you can, uh, you, you can fill a balloon with CO2 and then... As the balloon diminishes, you're like, oh, yeah, better, better fill that back mm. up. You reinflate the balloon and put it back, and then you've got a constant... Very visual... Yeah, yeah, yeah it shows how much beer is going down, I suppose, but um, it also is just ridiculous, isn't it? It's mm. just a very silly thing to do. And, uh, yeah, you raised a, a word as well. You said the word spile. Oh, I did, yeah, spile. Because, unfortunately... Right, so brewers have a lot of weird brewer words yeah mm. Selman as well have a ludicrous amount of words specific to casks why so use a sensible word when why, you can just you can why? just have a really weird word that sounds a bit yeah so uh, for i won't get into absolutely everything maybe we'll do a uh, a special on cask conditioning mm-hmm. but the, the spile that dave was talking about is like a little bit of wood like that a you peg isn't it it's really? like a peg that you hammer into the top you got a couple of um, types. Yeah. I know some people call them a tut. A tut? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think. And some people call them, uh, what was it, a, a knob? <laughs> of course they do. I think, yeah. yeah. Someone somewhere told yeah, me. It'll be, it'll be those people up in Keithley. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, I don't know. Was it that or was it? It was something definitely very phallic. I yeah, yeah. It's exactly going to be what it was. It? Yeah. Was it dick? No. I can't remember. I could see it being cock, actually, because that's like a tap thing, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yes, any northern listeners, please tell us all your names for spiles. <laughs> <laughs> Just asking for trouble. Yes. Um, so uh, to get round the timing issue mm. on this, because obviously I might find it difficult to drink an entire firkin by myself mm. in a short amount of time. I'm only having a pin and it's uh, being drunk at a party. Hooray. Yay. So other people can join in and... Oh, uh, other people can join in and just get it drunk as quickly as possible because yeah. uh, once it's in the perfect condition with cask, drink it quick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've I've tried to, I've tried to like reinvigorate cask beers before where because I've had parties and and rented casks from breweries filled with beer, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, and then what's left at the end of the night you go to bed and then the next morning sort of try and capture those last dregs and it's just it's impossible you just it's yeah. a, you're hiding to nowhere so it's uh, we'll you got to encourage it to be drunk drink it quick drink yep. it fresh yeah exactly yeah. and uh, of course um, I've yeah as I say I've got the benefit of being able to borrow a pin other mm. breweries will let you do that, but please do ask permission. Mm. Don't just go robbing someone's cask and, <laughs> and filling it with your own beer. Uh, breweries are very protective mm. about their casks because they're very expensive to buy. Mm. And, and not only that, they are sometimes incredibly important in the brewery's output chain. And, and sending a cask out and getting it back quickly mm-hmm. is crucial for them existing. So... Don't just go robbing stuff. <laughs> cool. <You're> meanie. <laughs> Not you. The, the, <laughs> You're the, looking at me. The, the person who's listening who's I've thinking I've got like a it. massive stash of stolen barrels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Uh, I think we've probably talked about Timothy Taylor's landlord long enough. Mm-hmm. 
just before we try some of the beer itself, mm. I think it's it's time to just have a little bit of a chat about beer ye, beer ye. Yeah. It's just a little one this okay. uh, this this week. Um, and it's not even one bit of news. Well, it is, but it's different. Uh, doing the research for this episode, I've noticed that independently over the last month, a lot of national uh, newspapers, mm. uh, TV, internet places have all independently written articles about the increase in non-alcoholic beers or low-alcoholic beers as well. Hmm. Which I think is very interesting. Yeah, it is. I think I, I think I've started to see um, a lot more decent low-alcohol beers appearing behind bars now. It's like sneaking in there, um, mm. which is awesome if you you know if if you hate shandy and like driving. Um, you know, I've I've seen a couple recently that are just eminently drinkable. I think everyone kind of will have encountered seen. Uh, Nanny State by Brewdog, which yeah, is pretty... It's been around for years. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but, you know, other traditional breweries are making a foreign into that, like uh, Adnams. Yeah, um, doing that ghost ship. Ghost ship, which mm-hmm. is... Um, I mean, it's it's not ghost ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But, you know what? I could drink pints of it. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it's not perfect, but you, if you were to make a sort of beer cocktail with <laughs> a normal ghost ship with ghost ship zero then it's like a shandy that doesn't taste like shandy and there's there's even some breweries uh that have set up in the last few years that are 100 percent brewing that type of beer mm. they they don't it's not like they do a non-alcoholic one every now and again it's every single one of their beers is in that range i, w- I wonder if it's got something to do with uh, as as consumers we've got a lot more into like hop flavors and mm, rather than malt, uh, rather than the malt flavors, and people seem to know a bit more about like you know, ten years ago you could go into a pub and be like, oh, it's got this has got citra hops in, and someone would be like, oh, <laughs> but now you're like, oh <laughs> yeah, it's got lemons? citra, and it's like, oh really? Well, uh, you know, I like citrus hop profile, but I really, really prefer a mosaic. <laughs> um, and you know, you, you people have an opinion on it, like they used to have mm. opinions on wine. So maybe it's just that because we. You can drink these beers, and almost all of the flavour is coming from either really, really complex sugars that don't ferment out, or from the high amounts of hops that they're having to throw in there, or really strong hops. So, yeah. for those people who like, um, as it's been put to me before, beer that tastes like it's been filtered through potpourri, um, if you like yeah. that sort yeah. of thing, like the super floral, super hoppy flavour. Um, you know, those those aren't going to disappoint at all. They're going to still taste like what you drink. Exactly, so. yeah. And there, there are other ways around getting a big body as well. Uh, mm. One non-alcoholic beer I've very much enjoyed um, is a brewery called Big Drop. Okay. Who, um, again, they are one of those breweries that just, this is all they make is uh, non- and low-alcoholic beers. Ah. And they do a milk stout. Really, and so the, the body's the, the, the body lactose. is lactose. Yeah, ah, so you, you can you can have this yeah, yeah much thinner than you would expect stout, and then that lactose just lifts it or well, not lifts it up. It it brings it down into the depths of of. I'm gonna have to try that. flavor. Yeah, yeah it's nice because a lot of the 
a lot of the stuff that you want in a, a stout or a milk stout is coming from it's all non-fermentals, isn't it? Mm. So you, you're going to get those flavors. The only thing you're going to miss is the oomph from yeah. the beer. So check that out if you if if you're yeah. interested in that big drop, big drop. We'll should, we, should we have a should we have a landlord? Why not? Let's yeah. do it. Hello everyone, it's Mike here from the future, and You're I'm not, not from alone. The future. I'm not from the future. Sorry, this is a few days after we recorded the episode. Uh, this little segment here, where we actually tasted the landlord itself, had a few technical difficulties. But it's all right because I'm here. Yeah, Cal's here now. <laughs> so that's worked out all right. Yes. I get the joy of tasting Timothy Taylor's landlord. Yes. So we don't get Dave's opinion on it, but we do get both of ours. That's good. I mean, do we really care about Dave's opinion anyway? <laughs> yeah. We can just ask him. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, if you see Dave, uh, just ask say, him. Dave, how do you feel about Timothy Taylor's landlord? Yeah. Now, I do care about Dave's opinion, obviously. Yeah, and what he thinks about Landlord. And what he thinks about Landlord. I'll ask him. What do you think about Landlord? I don't really know. I mean, me and Landlord haven't exactly had the best of times, really. Um, Yeah. uh, I mean, I was never really a massive fan, despite how awesome everyone seems to say it is. So I'm going to go at it this time with fresh fresh lips uh, and see what happens. Yeah, I... I, I would debate that people bang on about how awesome it is. I think a lot of people talk about how good it is. Like, it's 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 good in, in that it's fine. It's not bad. Um, but it's often best of a bad bunch. It smells like and, beer. And uh, if, if, if it's kept perfectly well on cask, it can be a very good beer. But you've had a sip. You're having a sip. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Strong opinions, Cal. Yeah, it's the thing is, is it's it's all right. It's it's all right in the same way that Newcastle Brown Ale's all right. It's a bit more refreshing. It's no, no, but I mean, it's a different beer. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you're going to get different things from it. But what I mean is, when we tried Newcastle Brown Ale, we were both like, "Oh yeah, this is all right." But that's that's really mm. what it is. Like I, I I don't see this as you know the the pinnacle of what it could be. It's it like it's it's very just run of the mill. I mean, th- and that and that means it's nice. It's not bad beer. Like mm. you know, it's got some flavors to it. Now there there is something <laughs> you're hating this, aren't you? There is something I should point out on, with then. this bottle. Um, I haven't actually checked the dates on it, but. Having tasted the the landlord today, a few days after we did the actual review, uh-huh. it is slightly different. See, now this just sounds like your excuse making. I know oh, it's not quite oh, it's as, not good as good as when we did it last oh, time, but you'll one. never know now. That this... one time when it was perfect, exactly. So, I mean, may, like may, maybe that's maybe landlord just has that um, nostalgia, maybe bit to it, and then people are just like, oh yeah, that's really nice, like. For me, um, Duca's IPA. Mm. I used to love that. I have have had it recently, and I'm like, eh, it's fine. All right. Tastes have changed. You your tastes have probably changed. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know the, the the processes that they're doing might have changed. The ingredients might have changed. But I mean, you know, we'll never know. Uh, could you pass me the bottle, actually? Uh, yes. So this is actually the bottle from a few days ago. Yeah, I wasn't going to check the days. I wasn't going to check the um, days. Well, I'm, and I'm not going to lick the rim. No. But yeah, it's it's sort of amberish in colour. Um, so shall I read out the the blurb? It's, uh, if you really want, we've got into some of the history. So a drinker's favourite and the classic pale ale, 
with a uh, complex citrus and hoppy aroma. Landlord was launched in 1952 and has won more awards nationally than any other beer, including Camera Draft Supreme Champion Beer of Britain four times. So, the thing is, if this was first brewed in 1952, in 1952, this would have been banging. Yeah. It's, two, it it's 2019. Popular. Yeah. This is not what I would call a complex citrus and hoppy aroma. No, there's... But, but that's based, yeah. There. But that's based on today's standards. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm judging it by today's standards, which is really all I can do. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's the only really fair judgment. And um, uh, earlier in in the episode, which you missed, Cal, yes. uh, we did mention in in the recipe, there's more than half of the hops going into this are in the boil, and so. Yeah. It, do, it does have that crisp, refreshing edge to it, despite being sort of amber and despite being multi-sweet at the start. Yeah. It does have a refreshing, sippable... Oh, it, it definitely does. like quaffable. Yeah, uh, like, 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 like you, you, you could drink that all day, and I think, yeah, well, it's 4.1%. So I think, like, it does the job. Mm. I, I think there was also, from the last... The, the sample from a few days ago, there was just a touch more of that sort of indefinable English ale yeast flavors and aromas coming out of it. And, yes. And less of a hoppy edge, which was which was kind of interesting seeing... Uh, yeah, because it, it, it smells quite malty to me. Mm. That's yeah, the thing. If I was to write the blurb on the back, my go-to thing would not be complex citrus aromas. No. It would be like crisp malt or something like that, because that's really the the main sort of smell i'm getting mm, yeah uh, well it, it it does mention in the recipe as well that uh part of their process is uh, what part of their process involves aging for two weeks as well which yeah. is I, I don't know what a temperature that is kept at but having that conditioning is reminiscent of a sort of more multi lager as yes. well yeah yeah and so maybe that's part of it they want that crisp uh sort of grainy not grainy, but you know, a, a cereally yeah, maltiness to yeah, come through. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, the thing is, it, it's it is what it is. Like, it, <laughs> it, it, like, it's very drinkable, and you know, if if it was the only ale on in a pub on cask, I wouldn't begrudge getting it. But it, if there was a choice between that and something I didn't know, yeah, I would probably go for the one I didn't. But I mean, that's me. You know, even if uh, even if I see a beer I really really like. If there's a beer that I've never tried before, I'll still probably go for the beer I've never tried just because... Yeah, yeah. I'm a, a, I'm, I'm a bit of a completionist in that way. Like, I've got to tick all the boxes. <laughs> Uh-oh. I've got to collect Cal's all... ticker. I've got to collect all the Pokemon. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's just like, eh. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to feel the same if it's a brewery that I know of beforehand and have tried some of their beers. And yeah. there's like, oh, it's that brewery, but a new beer by them. Yeah. Then that can be a good way to sort of experience new beers. But, but I mean, like, even, even, breweries, even breweries that... Um, you know, I don't recognise. So I was up uh, Newcastle uh, recently, and obviously a lot of the sort of like smaller local breweries that never make it down here mm. were available, and it was like, oh, I've never, you've never even heard of that brewery before. So it's like, because I mean, they're, they're popping up all over the place up there, like everywhere, and it's just like, oh, I'll give that a try. I'll give that a try. Give that, a, and you know, some are great, some are fine, some are not so great. Um, but at least yeah. you tried. So, like for me, Timothy Taylor, it's. It's one of those things that I've just seen on the bar so many times that I just <laughs> go that I just go yeah. eh it's kind of like Abbott or Ruddles. Yeah, I think I'm I not would... I'm I'm not going to walk in and go, "Oh, a nice pint of Ruddles." I think out of 
a lot of the national brands. Yeah. It is one that I will go towards if if I had to choose between anything that was sort of hyper national. Yeah. Um, that would be the one you'd go for. It is in like the top five that I tend to go for. Yeah. But as you say, something local, something from a, uh, an, a brewery that are sort of trying new things might be my first choice. And then if that sucks, I'll go back to Landlord. It's, well, it's, it, like, it, it's a very well-made beer. Yeah. And it's nice. And my opinion is I'm I'm now even more excited to try my version of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm definitely excited to see what happens like with your attempt. Like, Yeah. Uh, right, I think it's time that we now go back in time two days. And, uh, uh, can I, I not? I've got things on. Yeah, you, you, so you had that thing on. Yeah. Yeah, so you stay in the present and yeah. um, I'll, I'll meet Dave there two days ago. <laughs> have fun. So, what have we got first up? Uh, so we've got my um, my version of West Berkshire's uh, Dr. Hexter's Healer. Ah, and it looks very similar. Yeah, yeah, Sl- slightly hazier, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty bad at uh, filtering and doing all those. I, I, I don't care about clarity so much. Um, I know some people do, but for me, nah, nah, that's fine. Uh, and and yeah, no harm in that either way. No, that's it. It, it if um, if you drink it and uh, you get sick, I'll be very surprised. <laughs> but yeah it, it um yeah the color quite similar that sort of dark copper yeah um, it's it's exactly i i guess exactly the sort of color you, you'd be expecting for that sort of beer yeah and um yeah it tastes yeah good good consistency with the with the original there you've got that caramel coming through uh you've got perhaps a, a pinch more of that um sort of raisin yeastiness yeah i think it's it's fair to say i mean it's difficult to say because we don't have a exact comparison right now but from from memory i think it's it's not i think it'd be fair to say it's not it's not what it's meant to be but it's 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 a fair approximation um but it's interesting that it's you know as i've i've tried this beer three times now uh once when it was very very fresh straight out of the fermenter it being carbonated the same day and it was all right tasted really weird second time about a week ago i tasted it and i was really disappointed i thought oh mm. this is pretty yeah I, I thought well some people might like it it's i'm brewing it for a party and some people will drink it and it'll be fine but i'm a bit disappointed now i'm drinking it damn it's yeah it it, it just needed a little bit more time yeah, very lovely, very easy going as well, just by yeah. the strength, 5.5. Yeah, 5.5. Bit, bit stronger than Texas. Yeah. But still, absolutely lovely. Um, yeah, I, I would say, aside from the sort of pinch of extra yeast, it's maybe uh, perhaps not got as big and wide a malt character, yeah, yeah. but it's it's still very close. It's it's, it's definitely within that uh within that area it's a it's a fair approximation which is i suppose what you 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 know like we were saying earlier you're not going to get a like for like exact you've got you, it, it'd be a really fluky coincidence if you tried to blue, brew a crone a blue a crone <laughs> brew a clone and get exactly what comes out of the brewery yes, doors that would you, be uncanny yeah, yeah. um so I'm I'm happy enough that this is a decent approximation. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, yeah, lovely. And and there is the recipe for this in the book that we mentioned earlier. We'll get into a bit more detail on that later. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly. I bought that from the malt miller, and it just came in a big bag. Brilliant, yes, lovely. And I, th- I suppose that's one benefit that we didn't cover actually earlier, which is if you're 
if you are buying it as a recipe kit from from Malt Miller or and other other malt supplies are <laughs> available, but if you're buying it as a recipe kit, uh, you get the exact grammage of the hops. Hops are the most expensive thing. So like when I first started mm. brewing out my own recipes, um, I, the, the recipe cost like forty quid because it was like all of the hundred grams of hops that I was forced to buy. But now if you're buying a kit it's like 15 quid or whatever because they're just giving you the exact so that's pretty handy sorry just and and the the easiness of all the malts in one bag yeah yeah that's it in the mash tun it goes you don't have to weigh out anything it's proper blue peter isn't it yeah it's just straight away it's all it's all out there yeah brilliant (laughs) right should we have another bit yeah let's have a let's have a taste of this one this is um uh, this is an evolution of evolution, a, a, a tainted version of uh, Wild Weather's Tornado Top Hat, which was mm. um, uh, banana split hefeweizen. Yes, is that in the book as well, or is that? Funnily enough, yes. Ooh. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's absolute yeah, banger of a recipe. This one, um, it's in my humble opinion, it's the best one that I've done yet. So I, I took that that base recipe, uh, the 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 um the malts and the hops but didn't do some of the weird uh stuff that wild weather suggested in the recipe so it it kind of feels like with all all, all the highest degree of respect to wild weather who's a brilliant brewery it was a bit of a frankenbeer because they've done things like uh priming the bottles if you're bottle conditioning priming the bottles with chocolate syrup which is a brilliant idea mm. um yeah and- wonderful exactly the type of thing they'd do yeah exactly <laughs> uh, and i've just got visions of those guys just pouring bottles of monan syrup into casks <laughs> <laughs> just cackling maniacally <laughs> again that's exactly what they is do. exactly what they do um but yeah uh, so i took their their base recipe didn't do any of the sort of chocolate stuff uh but instead threw a load of peaches at it um and tried to get a peach hefeweizen which when it was green um and really fresh it was a huge peach flavour, but now four, f- four or five weeks on, it's that peach has really dropped out now. Mm, yeah, um, it, this is a this is a lovely wheat beer. Mm. Uh, the, the, again, the banana and uh, just just a, a small hint of that sort of cloviness coming through. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yep. mostly that sweet banana flavour. Yeah. I am struggling to find the peach. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's it's dropped out. But one thing I would say that you can't taste the peach as a recognisable peach but from tasting the difference between that and what I remember it being before I added the peaches so I took a sample from the fermenter there is a, there is a huge fruit like amorphous fruit flavour that is in there uh, mm. that wasn't there before um, it added a lot of uh, it added a lot of mouthfeel or a little, you know, a little bit of body to that um, but yeah I, I get what yeah, you're saying the peach, the peach isn't isn't there anymore uh which is a shame um because i've touted it as like a peach hef and it kind of feels like i'm lying now but it includes it peaches were in the ingredients so yeah, yeah. No, you might be right it might it might add a sort of indefinable something i'm that... thinking that i might just serve it in cocktail glasses with a slice of peach and then it, you just can't like that's it you have to you, you, you yes you, you will know, taste like you peach. will taste peach that's a good idea <laughs> yeah i mean that's what you that's what they're doing now, isn't it? In bars, everything yeah, comes with you know. You can't get, a, I mean, gin and tonic these days without having a fruit salad on the top of it. It's uh, there's interesting aspects. I know with, uh, for example, something like rosemary, uh-huh. it's really difficult to impart flavour into something, but it's really aromatic. 
Yeah. And so I've seen cocktails where they just chuck in a sprig of rosemary. Yeah. And so as you lift it to your face, you get this aroma. <laughs> Funnily enough. But then you drink and then that's gone. I had a cocktail with rosemary in um, oh, nice. about two months ago in Thailand. It was, yeah, it was really good. And you were absolutely spot on. Yeah. You can't taste the rosemary. Certainly smell it. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is a, a, a fantastic example of ways in which if you're, if you're looking to start experimenting with your own recipes just mm. using someone else's stuff as just just as a little stepping stone just as a just to help you on your way yeah it's a really good way of doing it yeah i can't recommend it enough it's 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 like it's like stabilizer training wheels isn't it you, you you've you <laughs> know still doing all the pedaling yeah but. you're doing all the work you, you're still it's still your beer like whether or not it feels like you're cheating i, I don't care you're probably unlikely to just go off and be like you know, sit down, meditate, go, right, I need three and a half kilos of Golden Promise. And uh, you, you're never going to formulate a recipe like that. It's, it's always going to be based on other stuff. Yeah. So why not, yeah, just why not just do a clone and then just tweak, <laughs> just it, tweak it? Yeah. And then make it your own. It's, Lovely. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I think that's uh, about all the time we have for. Mm -hmm. uh, next week, I think Cow's going to be doing a beer, but he, he's off gallivanting at the moment. So mm -hmm. don't know what that will be. I'm sure he's got plans. It'll be interesting. Yeah, or he doesn't have plans, and uh, we'll probably. See. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in in the meantime, don't forget to check out themaltmiller.co.uk. I know we've said that a lot today, but they do have a very, very extensive selection of mm -hmm. clone beers, um, in, including the book, the Camera Essentials Home Brewing Guide, uh, by Andy Parker, who just yeah, wonderful collection, mm -hmm. um, really good information. Go, just go check it out. All right, just shut <laughs> just up. Do just it. go just do, do it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, and if you don't want to do that, check us out on social media: Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We are at By the Mashdown. Mm -hmm. Easy peasy. And if you fancy giving a review, do that. But you know, it, it, it does help us being seen. Hooray! Mm, uh, until then, thank you very much, Dave. Ah, oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure sampling all these uh, clones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.